Today's program has been brought to you by TechServe, New York's original and still the best Apple computer, iPod, and iPhone store and repair shop. For more information, visit TechServe.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
Welcome to Snacky Tunes. That was just Teen. That's T E N, all caps. Sleep is noise. You can find them Teen the band. We were trying to like find for like Teen Teen Williamsburg band, but if you look Teen the band dot com, that's where you'll find them. Or tweens. No, no, no. I'm ha- a, by the way, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm uh, one half your host, Darren Bresnitz, staring at the. How was the Golden Globes? You fall asleep? Uh, they were so boring. They were so, I was so excited and they were so boring. They did not make enough jokes. Anyway. Staring, anyway. Staring at Greg Bresnitz. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, we have Teen uh, on live uh, to play later in the day, but uh, right now we have co-founder, founder, City Grit. Founder. Founder. Well, there's a business partner in the bod. Founder, City Grit. The brains. Yeah, you can pull that closer. Yeah. Get in there. We have Sarah Simmons. The, and I like, I like uh, this bio line. Southern girl next door who grew up in the kitchen, lost her way as a teen, and became a self-proclaimed fat kid. I was such a fat kid. How fat were you? I was so fat. By the way, self-proclaimed is you just like taking back like, the fat kid title? I'm owning that. Okay. I was a fat kid. And I didn't... The sad thing is, is that I didn't know I was a fat kid until we moved because I lived in the same town until I was 14. And kids are just different when you're always chubby when you slowly get fat over time right well it was i did have like a two bad what, years. what was uh what was the guilty thing it's not I, I have a very slow metabolism and i played tennis my whole life and i got hurt and so then i wasn't playing for two years and but it still just, eating like a pro athlete no i just my best friend just we ate like taco bell after school uh, every day right poor just like she could eat it and i couldn't i didn't realize that just poor eating and plus the south Ribs. Yeah, well, greens. we didn't really. I mean, we ate pretty healthy in my house, but. That Taco Bell. The Taco killer. Bell. That Taco Bell is the killer. That fourth meal will get you late at night. No. So, when did. So, how did you take back the title of. So, fat I kid? did. So, we moved to South Carolina, and that's when I realized I was the fat kid, because then I was the new kid. Yeah. And then I decided I wasn't going to be fat anymore, and I started running and watching what I was eating, and that's. Really did your. Is that I, when you learned how to start it? cooking? No, I've been cooking all my life, but it's just when I started cooking different things. Or can, can I ask? And, and I know you can't only, ask. Uh, did your popularity gain as the weight dropped? No, because I'm so fun that I was always popular. But so, okay, you're bucking like a ton of trends here. Yeah, <laughs> these are like I wasn't. Yeah, and I wasn't insecure. I just didn't. When I re- I was like, oh wait, I'm fat. I'm gonna not be fat anymore. And so that's. God, yeah, that, that I, should be that. If you ever put out a cooking book or like a diet book, it should be <laughs> I'm fat. Wait, I'm not gonna be fat anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean I have to get fat again? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. You've you already, already did done, it. You've already done the hard work. You, you've done <laughs> it. You don't need a. You can just. You can do that. Like kind of blurry, like like photo from your past. It's like not digital. Oh, you know there are thing? no more. They have all been destroyed. Oh, okay, well, you can get a like. Um, how about like a character artist, like one of those. <laughs> Just like a redrawing, like now oh, yeah, with the big head and the, the, t- well, head. And the tiny-ish <laughs> body. Yeah. So you've always loved cooking. I've loved to cook. Yes. What was your grandmother, um, mother? Who was it? Mother. Father. What um, type of food she cooked? What she teach you how to cook? Um, well, she taught me all of the basics, like how to saute and how to braise and um, how to make all of the the basic sauces. Like the French classic? Mm-hmm. Like bechamel, which may have been why I was a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, morning. Yeah. Every morning. 
Um, ex Benedict, just like, till you get it right, you have to eat your mistakes. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, that's hilarious. She would be mortified. Um, I bet she was a good. She was a good cook. She's really good. She owned a catering business when I was a child, so I got to learn how to make tiny things perfectly. About De- a thousand deviled times. eggs. Deviled eggs. These things we serve them sometimes called hot olive puffs, and it's a green olive and a cheese pastry. I probably rolled. 20 million of them in my lifetime. So, I mean, you were kind of destined with the skill set from the, from the get-go. It's, yes, just... So, what was, the, what was the thing that but you and your mom would just bake or, or cook just the two of you when it wasn't for, like, 200 st- strangers eating, like, I, pigs I, in a blanket? <laughs> well, it's just a lot of chicken salad, really. Okay, a lot of chicken salad. Chris, um, Christinis? A lot of Christinis? A lot of... I don't know. I don't remember. I wasn't allowed to use the knife. I was uh, <laughs> six years old. Oh, okay. Um, wow, child labor. <laughs> totally. Um, so, so you've always cooked and then you moved out of the South and then you mm-hmm. started eating out. You started, when did you fall into love? When do you were like, I want to cook. I want to be a chef. Well, every time I would in my per- professional career come to a crossroads where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I would always want in my brain, if I, in the perfect world, I would want to open a restaurant or do marketing for restaurants or. So you're a second actor as we like to say act hyphen er like a second act of the profession yes that's great mm-hmm. when did you finally put down the computer and pick up the knife um it was which is in- also the second title of your second book <laughs> <laughs> putting down the computer and picking up the nut by former fat kid <laughs> oh my gosh you guys uh these are all freebies note yeah. to self update bio quickly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I, it was 2010. I was writing a book on... I was a retail strategist. I was writing a book on retail, taking six months off to do some of that research. And I um, won a contest with Food & Wine Magazine. And it was one of those moments in time where it opened up a lot of doors for me. And so it was now or never. And this what, is, what did you win the contest with? They um, were having a contest... Looking for the nation's best home cook, and I won. What like what was what was like the what was your recipe? Yeah, it was, was not about one recipe. It was about our point of view on food, and I luckily had a lot of content because I've been having dinner parties at my house mm-hmm. for six years, every other Sunday, and wow. so I had a lot of blogger friends, and you know, there's a lot of Flickr photos. It was really easy to submit a lot of this content. and There wasn't any one that you felt like this is going to seal the deal? No, I think it was just that I was aggressive with using different flavors and stuff that you wouldn't probably find in a home kitchen. What What's you, an example? Yeah, Like my use of balsamic reduction and ice creams and desserts. Mm. Um, I think I they found that. that. And you got labeled the home cook superstar superstar did they give you a jacket or at least no i was so disappointed what did like they give a, you yeah, like no like chef's coat or anything like that <laughs> no, what did really, they give you um they gave me a trip to the cayman islands for the cayman oh. cookout where i got to hang out with eric repair and grant Atkins silver fox silver fox and grant Atkins <laughs> and grant Atkins <laughs> and jose andres and anthony bourdain and david chang and all for the weekend all of them, every time they heard my story, they asked me, why are, aren't you doing something in food? And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I should try. And so, and the, so <laughs> hey, the chef's superstars aligned. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Clever. Thank you. Hey. Yeah. Well, you know, let's just soak that in. Soak it you in. You feel proud of that? So- soak Look it in like smile. a chicken and buttermilk. Uh, anyway, so from there, what was the obvious next step? 
It wasn't obvious. I <laughs> actually spent a lot of time just meeting is, with people. And is this pick- still 2010? 2000, yes. Okay. 2010. So the contest technically was at the end of 2009. It was announced in 2010 in the beginning. And so I just did some traveling, um, met with a bunch of chefs. I knew I really didn't want to work in a restaurant, and I really wanted to make my own food. And so... Um, I met with a bunch of people and everyone I would meet with outside of New York would say, I would love to cook in New York one day. Hmm. I'm just waiting to get invited to the beard house or, you know, one of my friends said one day, maybe we could do something at his restaurant, but it's, you know, I feel like it's really hard to cook in New York, but I would really love to do that. And so it made me, that's when the wheel started turning and I started thinking about, well, how, maybe I can build a place where I cook sometimes and other people cook sometimes and give them the opportunity to cook. I mean, it's really amazing because to do a pop-up inside of a restaurant here is so difficult and takes so much planning. Mm-hmm. But what you've really done is just like, yeah, just come cook. Well, you've created an infrastructure, mm-hmm. which yeah. is really tough. Well, I mean, you can say that, yeah, come cook with all the things that are already in there and it's easy. It's easier <laughs> Not for easy. them. Yeah. Well, how much, I mean, what's... Talk to us about the space. It's called City Grit. Called City Grit. Okay. Culinary Salon. Mm-hmm. Which I imagine everyone's sniffing aperitifs and... Right. And wearing really fancy sweaters. Yeah. What oh, type of- are, they, are they Nordic? <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. So that sounds like I can fit in there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We can tell if your body washes ashore after a night of chef partying <laughs> what restaurant you cooked in based on the knit. <laughs> yes. City yeah. Grit Knits. City Grit Knits. Oh my gosh, another... another you guys idea. are just throwing out business yeah, models Yeah, this today. is just how it works. <laughs> yeah. you, you leave here like richer. Yeah. That's the... That's <laughs> Please, can I come back next week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so, so, talk, so talk, let's talk about the selection process. No, like, let's talk about the space and then we'll take a break. And then talk about... Okay. Yeah, and then we'll talk about the cooking. So, what is the basics of the space? The basics of the space is that it's the former Catholic school owned by St. Patrick's Cathedral that closed in 2010 and I started using the cafeteria kitchen for catering jobs. And they used the oldest classroom as a thrift store. And they mm. decided they were going to get rid of the thrift store. So they said, do you want to use the thrift store as a dining space? And I said, that sounds like a great idea. And so then I met these guys that design and source furniture. And they um, had the same aesthetic as I do. And they're really awesome people. And I said, well, they were looking for a showroom. And I said, well, if you guys want to use the space during the day, knowing that I wasn't going to serve breakfast and lunch um, as a showroom, that'd be awesome as long as we have 80 seats and we'll use it at night as a dining space. So we we split the rent or they pay a, a portion of the rent. It's amazing. And um, you can essentially come there, eat, and then buy the dining room. Yes. Which is you great. You can buy your table. You can buy it. Yeah. That's awesome. And and then, do you have to-go bags big enough for that, or is it... <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, w- do you have, like, an infrastructure as a kitchen with ovens, things like that? Mm-hmm. So I turned the cafeteria kitchen and got all of the permits that a restaurant has, turned it into a commercial kitchen, and um, slowly added equipment and, and infrastructure in place to make it more like a restaurant. Awesome. All right, so... We're going to take a quick music break. We're going to come back and talk about your cooking and the guest chefs and then how you can visit. Where is it? On Prince between Mott and Mulberry, 38 Prince. It's awesome. I've been there. It's fantastic. Yeah, they do events there. We do. No, like before. Didn't they used to have like crazy art installations? They still do that in the other part of the school. Oh, they do? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great.
the temples that I built for you. And I sang songs of praise and love. And I sang songs of burying you alive. And I see I had to tear it down. Cause my faith was just a Joe, your computer is so slow, I can't even use this thing. Yeah, I should probably get a new one. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, totally, man. You should go to TechServe. Okay, what's so good about TechServe? Well, they've got this awesome new insider program that's free when you get a new Mac with Apple Care. So you should buy your computer there because you get 50% off data transfer, free loaner computers, front-of-the-line repair privileges, an annual Mac tune-up service, backup consultation and setup, seminars, and much more. Okay, yeah, where's TechServe? It's at uh, 119 West 23rd Street in New York City. They're New York's premier authorized Apple reseller and service provider, and you should totally check out TechServe.com for more information. All right, that settles it. I'm headed to TechServe. God, Sam Cook. So he'll be on next week, right?
Yeah, he's he'll be here next week. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's your joke. That's my joke. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So All let's right. talk about the selection process. Hold on, uh, wait. Let's re- say that we're here with uh, Sarah Simmons from City Grit. If you're just tuning in, and uh, City Grit is a culinary salon in the what part of town is that? Nolita. Nolita. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So it's in Nolita, and let's talk about your cooking first. Okay. What sort of food are you putting up at this restaurant? Seeing how you're sort of the, you're the base, you're the culinary base, mm-hmm. the foundation, the icing in the piping bag, right? Right. Okay. Um, my food is southern inspired, so no matter what I'm making, whether I cook a lot of Asian food, I do some classic French dishes. It's always utilizing southern ingredients so for instance we're having a chinese new year's eve dinner in the beginning of february and next week i'll start to make kimchi using collards instead of cabbage and using a lot of benny seeds and some sorghum vinegars and soy sauces right so more southern ingredients than you would find in a typical asian dish and does that reflect on your bring your being, you're growing up in the South, or is that you just are more drawn to those flavors? I just, it's ingredients that I've been cooking with all my life in one capacity or another, and so I just love them, and I'm proud of them, and most of them are indigenous you know, ingredients to the South and represent Southern food, and I'm trying to make people realize that Southern food isn't just fried chicken and ribs. And so, but what if I only want to think of it? That's what that's part of the problem. We have this Sunday supper at the end of each month, and I've gotten myself now into like back my own myself into a corner where I'm having to make fried chicken because it was like, oh, we'll just do this fried chicken once a month, and now I just can't not serve fried chicken because people. But isn't that okay once a month? It's okay once a month. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) it's okay. I mean, I think it's that thing. It's like you try and get away from what people love, and then you go, but. People love it for a reason. But that's what they want. Yeah. So... How do you balance that? What people love versus what they want versus what you want? You just try to make dishes that they will love that they don't know they love. Or... Do you try and put familiar reference points in them? Absolutely. So there's just... You know, we elevate some dishes. Right. Um, We have a really good play on shrimp and grits with soft shell crab and miso grits that Hmm. people really loved and it was one of the most popular dishes that we served last year um so it's just taking a similar reference point that is a dish that they most people get really excited about and taking it in another direction and and then they're excited about it the next time they come and eat it if we serve it how much of a consistent menu do you have that's the thing is that you can never count on having except for the fried chicken at the end of the month You can't count on having that same dish every time because the menu changes every single time. And so when gift chefs come in, mm-hmm. how often are you changing the menu? Are you collaborating with them? Are you cooking alongside of them? They, when they come in, they change. I mean, the menu is up to them. They, we work together on it. I give them some guidance based on what I think is easiest to execute and using our kitchen and our ingredients. I really try to give them free reign in terms of what they want to do. Um, and then we, I help prep sometimes. I have a, a kitchen staff that does a lot of prep work with the chefs. But during service, I expedite from the kitchen. Mm. Um, Running the ship. Well, trying to facilitate. <laughs> facilitate? Yes. Do you ever, no names, butt heads with any of the guest <laughs> chefs that have come in? <laughs> I have 
No, but there, no. Come on. I did have an incident Thank this you. weekend, but it was really a good friend of mine, so it was a little more dramatic and awkward because. Right. There's no politeness. Yeah. Like, feel, and he said my name, Sarah, and that is like yeah. the worst. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like when you have friends in the kitchen, that's when the trouble. Oh, but it was awesome. Happens. And it was really his sous chef, who's also a friend of mine, but it, it, we laughed about it all weekend. Over 75 cocktails. <laughs> it was Over only 47. Cocktails. <laughs> so let's so go- how do you get the process of getting in these guest chefs? And I'm sure like now that people know that they can come and easier or cook easily mm-hmm. in New York, that you must have like a, la- a laundry list of people that want to come and cook in the space. Yeah, it's... So how do you curate? It's, well, hard if we don't know... A lot of people that have been there, then we I just go to that city, and then while I'm there looking at some guest, you know, those guest chefs that have inquired about cooking, I'll look at you know other people and reach out to people that I want to meet. That so I you so you travel to other cities to go find chefs. I do. I, I mean, it's our we're building this brand where we may not offer the same dishes consistently, but we offer a consistent experience, mm. and we want to make sure that we're bringing in people that we think will resonate with our guests. And so sometimes you have to go to their place to check them out. So how does that work for like building loyalty and customers? Well, actually I think that's been my biggest surprise that I I've cannot even be more excited about it is how many people come back consistently. Right. Because I was worried in the beginning that it was going to be hard to, to generate loyalty because of that, you know, there's restaurants I go to because I love that chicken dish. Yeah, you want that one. And I love yeah. this salad and we don't we can't offer you that. But it's been very impressive. We've had people that have come over twenty times in the past year and one girl comes so much by herself because her friends aren't into food and she doesn't care and she has been so many times. Oh, is she awesome. nice? Does She's, she need friends? <laughs> she doesn't need friends. Maybe she needs friends that like food. Like food because her friends just aren't into it. So what's on the docket? What's coming up? What are you excited about? I know you. Um, I know you can't pick your favorite children, but like pick one that you sort of love more than the rest. Anthony Lamas. I'm really uh, excited about him. His for food, those who don't know Anthony Lamas, please explain who he is. He is just this amazing Latin chef out of Louisville. The food that he puts out is unlike anything that I would think that I would be eating in in Louisville. Yeah, um, he like, and he's been doing it for years, like seven years now, mm-hmm. eight years. Some people say it's the best new Latin flavors in America. I would agree with that. I haven't had a lot of his food, but I do know a lot of people that have eaten there. I did have the most amazing pozole at that he made at um, Border Springs Farm during Lambstock this year. Um, Lambstock? Lambstock? Yeah. What's Lambstock? I knew that would get a reaction. Um, my friend Craig Rogers is um, a shepherd, and he has a farm where every year he brings a bunch of winemakers and chefs and people in the food world together and everyone camps out and it's about 150 to 250 people and there's all these chefs just make food and it's just a party it's awesome and then we're we're finally coming this week to the francis lamb dinner cannot wait will it be lamb no no no, no one likes that. Place. No, I mean just soaking it in. Soaking You're so it. proud of yourself with these so jokes. Proud. So, what's Francis serving? Francis is actually I'm cooking. Oh. Francis is telling stories. So this year we're trying to do some new things with people that are in the food world, but not necessarily chefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Francis, I know you guys know him. He's an amazing storyteller. Yeah. 
And he, after Hurricane Katrina, went down and helped with some relief efforts in Biloxi and met amazing people and has some really great stories about their impact to the Biloxi food scene. And so he's going to share those stories. And for each person that he talks about, I'm going to make a dish that's inspired by their story. Which is, can you, can you give a preview or a, a- sure. So there's this one gentleman that he met from Croatia and he, he talks about one of his favorite meals being a spicy shrimp spaghetti. Um, his dad owned a shrimp cannery and so he, it's more like a northern rustic Italian dish, but he, um, that to him means like Sunday Croatian dinner. So I'm making a version of that dish and serving it in like a little tuna can because he tells the story also about one of his favorite childhood memories was working in the cannery and stealing the shrimp and snacking on them. Which isn't very sanitary, but probably very delicious. Yeah. So, um, different time, right? And we will not be eating that as we are allergic to shellfish. You are both of you. Is this not uh, a good meal to come to? Mm, probably not because there's a lot of shellfish. We're doing a crawfish gratin. Yeah, <laughs> oh we'll, we're 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 you just know you know. Yeah. Hey, guess what? They just we'll, broke out in the hives, y'all. Yeah, seriously. We'll, just, we'll, <laughs> I guess, you know, we'll I, be at the next. I'm we'll glad be at we the asked. Next one. Yeah. Yeah, and oyster stew. Oysters we can eat. It's just shrimp, crab, lobster, and crawfish. Oh wow. Yeah, it's okay. Right. We'll come to the next one. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure. Well, you can come to Anthony Lamas. Oh yeah, we should yeah. go to that one. Okay. All right, we'll be in touch. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. This was great. Thanks. Shout out to PR who's eating pizza right now. Yeah. <laughs> How's that pizza? Thank yeah, you so right. much. I'm glad we finally got this set up. It was really awesome. We will come and visit. And again, what's the address? What's all the info? Nuts and bolts. Is there a Twitter website? Twitter is City Grit. The website is citygritnyc.com. And the location is 38 Prince. Amazing. Amazing. Thank, thank you so much. Awesome. We'll, we'll Thanks, see guys. you. Uh, and we can't wait for your cookbooks to come out. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> and sweaters. You guys yeah. can write the forewords. Done. Done. <laughs> Which one do you want to write? The fat Doesn't kid matter. or the put down the Figure computer? Figure it out. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. We've got Teen coming up next.
Uh, well, Teen, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thanks for having me. First us. musical guest of 2013. Oh, sweet. Couldn't be ha- happier to be here. And Family <laughs> Affair. Three sisters, one good friend, best friend, longtime acquaintance. Kind of friend. Yeah, friend. Kind, kind of friend. Kind we don't really friend. like her that much. Who's your best friend in the band? We don't want to start staring at yeah. that. Jane Go, best Mine? friend, yeah. Name names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're kidding. Anyway, why don't you go around the room, introduce yourselves, say who you are, and who's the, the oldest? <laughs> I'm Lizzie. I'm the youngest. <laughs> I'm Jane. I'm Teeny. I'm Catherine. And I'm I- the oldest sister, but not the oldest in the band. Oh, okay. So how did uh, how did you decide to to form a band of sisters and think that it was a good idea to work together? I never thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I was writing a lot of music that uh, had so many harmonies and vocal parts that I kind of couldn't think of anybody else who would sing it better. So, Did, did you all grow up playing music together? Or? Yeah. Not instruments so much. Singing, though. What, like chorus or just singing backseat of the car, road trips? Well, our parents are both musicians, so we sang around a piano a lot. What type of music did mom and dad make? Uh, our dad was a classical composer. And um, mom was in like rock bands in the sixties and seventies. That's awesome. And folk, folk how, music. How did they scene. meet? How they meet? Yeah, that's a totally different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they both became Buddhists in the seventies, and they studied with the same teacher, and he kind of put them together. Hmm. Matchmaker. Matchmaker. Yeah. Do your parents still perform? Um, our mom is actually studying traditional American music now in Kentucky and is performing and doing that. So guest parent vocals and piano playing on the next record? Yeah, maybe we have mom. Yeah. She's a mandolin player. Yeah. Auditions, obviously. Yeah. See if they make, see if she makes, she the, makes cut. the cut. But if yeah. she does, you know, love to have you. Yeah. Love to have you. Right. So now that, so you were writing songs on your own and then how did you incorporate the family and is it now like a group writing process? Are you still writing um, yeah, I, uh, well, it was, I also was in Here We Go Magic, and so I was really busy, so I also needed people who were, they were also free, which was lucky, so, um, but now we write together. Jane, you, are you involved in this too? In the writing? In the yeah, writing. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm... No, Jane's I'm, the only one who doesn't write anything. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not singled out because I'm not a relative. Well, we were just asking family questions, now you're part of the family. They, they, She's I, Aunt Jane. I'm the, yeah, I'm Aunt Jane. Crazy Aunt Jane. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, why, don't, why don't we hear a song? Yeah. And okay. then we'll get into it. What are we going to hear? Uh, in Limbo. Okay. Take it away, Crazy Three 
I can see why you brought in the family. <laughs> uh, so as a traveling family, how have you found traveling together and, you know, life on the road uh, between the four of you? Is it easier now that you have, it's like, you know, growing up together versus, you know, strangers in a band when you were with Here We Go Magic? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very different. The things that we tend to fight about. Um, Don't you mean the things you get along about? <laughs> yeah, sure. Pos- that's the positive spin. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we, we bicker, but we get over things really quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how we work, too. We never fight. Yeah. Yeah, we never fight. But if we were to fight, the resolutions are a lot faster. There's no, like, simmering type of thing. Exactly. (laughs) Except for the simmering that has existed our entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Things go from from one to ten really fast. Yeah. Right. Back to one. But then it goes back. Exactly. And, And comparatively, you know, there's... When you don't know people as other people as well, you don't trust them. There's not that not that trust of like it can be resolved quickly. So you just kind of like I don't understand why this person is acting this right. way. Who uh, who leads the food adventures on the road? Me. Yeah, Jane. Jane. Me no. The food adventures. Yeah. We all kind of do. I think. The, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. What do you eat? What do you What are you drawn towards? Everything. Food. <laughs> oh, good food. Okay. We we really do try and make an effort to eat well, and you know, because there's so much crap when you get into the middle of the country. It's just like, it's kind of sad. Any memorable places? Yeah, we're trying. Lizzie actually is trying to keep track of all of it so that we could possibly publish it in some form. Vancouver. Because it's really important and for bands to know. Um, What's that market? In Boise, Vancouver? Idaho. There was an amazing like brunch spot that had they made everything there like fresh baked goods and well really good you would, really good eggs you would think by now that some band would have yeah. done this but it do, it's like it and i think like everyone has that idea right but no one has like yeah no i just 
I just started like making a list of. I was recently in Nashville and I found two. I don't remember the names, but I found two really good, like cheap, like inexpensive restaurants in Nashville. And then I, we were just in Massachusetts, Wellesley, Mass. And we, we found, found this really cool, really local. awesome diner. I don't know. I think yeah. I think it's important. Yeah, I I'm surprised. I mean, it's just or you, even if it's just like an open posting for like you and like 10 friend bands yeah just to kind of like yeah. post sure. on like a tumblr Something like that but it does it's unless someone listening has it and we're just all ignorant okay. I, I i feel like they would have been like oh yeah just what was that one that jamie was talking about road yeah there's like a road food, road road food. food yeah yeah but but we went to albany and they didn't really have like an albany's pretty that should be like you know pretty pretty good but right. something for bands where it's like where's well, that gluten the drummer from uh Sharon Jones used to have one. That's all I got. Yeah. Oh. But maybe like the place where it's like, well, yeah, we want that gluten-free vegan place when I'm stuck in Kansas and someone's like, we found it. Right. Because there, there are always options. Yeah. Usually. Where was that Chinese place that we went to? Um, oh, San Francisco. No, no. And it was one of the first shows. Oh, that was in Minneapolis. And the guy, the guy who owned it, the rumor was oh, that he had, yeah. like, invented the machine that made the fortune cookie. No way. Yeah, that place was. And that's something that. If and you, that food was really, was really good. good. And you could also really send cheap. people there on like reconnaissance. It's like, oh, I heard something about a fortune cookie. He sounds very fortunate to have that restaurant. <laughs> you weren't here for these terrible jokes earlier, but he's just continuing a theme. Um, why don't we get a, get another song? Okay. Let's do huh. Huh? Yeah, this song is called Huh.
I mean, that worked. I know. <coughs> Pretty good. Right. Pretty good timing on that uh, little... Smaller blurb at the end. Yeah. So, um, EP came out a while ago, mm-hmm. and you've been playing some shows. You had a show at Barry this past week? Yeah. How'd it yeah. go? Hospitality. It was good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, like, your band that, like, I always see you paired with. It's, like, you and Hospitality. How does that work? Like, you know, just finding a soulmate band or Stars Align band or... Well, they, they asked us to come on the road with them this fall, so we went out with them for a little over a month, um, and I don't know, we just... Clicked. Sometimes when it's right, it's right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't question it. <laughs> yeah. um, so what's coming up for, for the future for you? Uh, we're going into the studio in a couple weeks to record an EP. Um, then we're touring a little bit. We have a couple shows with memory tapes. Then we're doing a, an American tour, and then we're going to Europe. South oh. Southwest, and then Europe. Yeah, I guess it's time to start asking that South by question. Yeah. You're going. Yeah. yeah, we're going. Yeah, are you excited? Yeah, we haven't <laughs> done it. So I'm excited for us to do it. Do you have like, is it, are you going to go the selected show route or the let's play everything that comes our way route? I think we're going to do more of the selected show <laughs> route. I mean, that's a good call. And uh, who are you recording the EP with? Um, my friend Daniel at Strange Weather. Nice. It's in this new beautiful studio on Graham. Graham and, oh, well, you don't. Graham and Skillman, I think it is. Don't yeah. want to give away too much information. Yeah. There's a studio in Brooklyn. Yeah. It's yeah. real nice. Uh, are you one of the first uh, EPs that's going to be that's kind of come out of there? One of the first ones, yeah. They've recorded a couple projects. I think maybe four or five other, but they just opened in January. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, and anything else you want to tell? Upcoming shows? Any New York shows coming up? Yeah, we're playing Glasslands on February... Sixth? Fifth or sixth? Sixth. Something like that. February 6th. Who's yeah. all playing? Huh? Who else is playing? Memory tapes are oh. opening. So the memory tapes team. Yeah. February 6th ish. Glasslands. Glasslands. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. Glasslands. Glasslands yeah. That venue to me is always like if someone were to like not it's not from here and they're like, take me to a Brooklyn venue, that'd be like, oh, okay, just like the movies. Right. Crazy <laughs> Glasslands. Like I mean it kinda you know, it's like yeah. not like any other venue. They're all pretty straightforward here nowadays, but that's how I always feel felt about that yeah. yeah well you know thank you for coming on the show thanks for having us you want to give people the nuts and bolts where they can find you find your work maybe find how to twitter tweet at you well okay facebook, facebook. slash uh it's teen the band okay uh our twitter is underscore t underscore e underscore e underscore n underscore and did you relate to throwing that last underscore was there like one that had it just looked better oh okay it's even yeah. Okay, that makes it sense. Looks better. If you can find it. <laughs> no, it's once the thing is once you find it, it's there. Um, once you find it, it's there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> moving forward. No, I mean it's there on your Twitter. Yeah. You don't have to do plug right. that no, in I every know. single time. And no, I don't. I don't know if you put an underscore first. There's not that many people with that. That's true. So. Okay. Uh, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I wasn't totally stupid. <laughs> yeah. What I, was doing. I remember again. Once Teen you find is just it, it's hard to find. Yeah, don't Once try. Once you find it, it's there. there. <laughs> Once you find it, it's there. It's actually the name of your new EP. I'm so happy you came to this conclusion here. <laughs> um, amazing. Uh, well, we're going to get one more song for you. Yeah. Um, Paradise, comma. Once you find it, it's there. Yeah, Paradise, comma. Or semicolon. However you want to punctuate yeah. it. Um, thank you again. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes with, I believe, MC Todd will be in the house. Awesome. Which will be amazing. Uh, good food guest for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we can Todd. do... Todd, that's my middle name. Todd. 
MC. Wait, your middle name is middle name is Todd. My middle name is Todd. Mother's maiden name. Oh, okay. No, grandmother's maiden name. Grandmother's maiden name. Glad we have your sisters here to confirm this. Wait, what do you have as middle names then? Any family? Mine is my grandmother, other grandmother's name, Brigitta. 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 With an R. No. With a B. Oh, Brigitta. B. There's like 19 letters there. It's a good name. Brigitta. Um. Okay. Put it on there. Um, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Do you keep the blues driver on? Yeah. So if you can hear there another radio on the Why is it doing that?
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.